My name is Adam Lyons. I'm an entrepreneur from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Today I wanted to talk about taking big swings, trying to build big companies. Uh, we'll share a bit about my story and how uh, with no background on venture capital, no background on managing people or building products, built what is now the largest insurance comparison website in the US. Uh, from there, we're now building uh, what is already the most comprehensive phone comparison site in the U.S. Uh, we may look at building a comparison site for banks. So, after that, I want to share a couple learnings, uh, talk about four things that I think anyone that's building a big company, a billion-dollar company, should know, and uh, that were very critical for us along the way. First, I'll share a bit about my story. Uh, so, I dropped out of high school when I was 15, um, very unorthodox path to entrepreneurship. I didn't, again, I didn't know any, I'm not an engineer by trade. I didn't know anything about building companies. Um, a year later, I moved out of my house and started to try, I had to figure out a way to support myself. And so I needed to try all different odd jobs. Uh, I was a, I was packing bags at Whole Foods, uh, got fired from that. I uh, was in a shipping factory, packing boxes there, got fired from that. I was washing dishes in the, in the kitchen at an Asian restaurant in my neighborhood, got fired from that. I think you'll see a theme here. And so, to me, I had very few options, and I wanted to give it a go on my own. And started to look at ways, I didn't have a diploma, I wanted to learn about business. And so in Pittsburgh, I figured out that you could apply to the local community college. I'm a non-matriculated student there, and I started to take classes about business at the community college in Pittsburgh, and eventually realized you could transfer those credits to a real university, and went to Temple in Philadelphia. And at Temple, they had a program in risk management. And so for me, they said, look, 99% of people that come out of this program have a job. I said, that sounds amazing, let's do that. I learned a bit about insurance, I lasted about six months at that job, got fired from that. Uh, but I had, I had this fire burning, and I realized that every single time that I got terminated, every single time that I got let go, I always felt that there were problems I could fix, and I felt that if these, if these people can figure out how to make it work, so can I. And so I set out to build Kayak for car insurance. Um, because I had this background in insurance, I became the insurance guy uh, for everyone that I knew, friends and family. Any insurance question, they would say, hey, Adam, you know, what do we do with this claim? What do we do here? This is, this is a gray area. We're not quite sure what to make of this. I said, this should be black and white. So I started the Zebra to do just that and help everyone compare their insurance plans. Not knowing what was out there, we went through an accelerator program and I learned a lot in the accelerator program. For a lot of people who had read all the books and done everything, I think it you know, may not have been as valuable. For me, I was a sponge. It was incredible. Um, but when, when you're getting advice, I think one of the big things from the, in the accelerator program, you get advice from all different types of people. And so filtering that advice and understanding what's best for your business was a huge learning. In any event, we, we focused on product out the gate. Uh, there was, you know, no, no, there was no understanding of how we were going to get the data, if that was possible, what we were going to do there. 
we then started to understand all the licensing. It's a very regulated industry and, and looked at how we'd start to generate revenues and, and work in the insurance world. Um, until we eventually started to get into scale mode and, and grew it to uh, what is now a unicorn and I'm very proud of the work we've, we've done there. Uh, next, uh, and what we're working on now, is really.com. Really set, is set out to be the largest online retail, retailer for phone plans. And we are already today the most comprehensive phone plan comparison site in the United States. We compare almost 400 different plans from 50 plus different carriers, but we didn't want to stop there. We had built this marketplace before and, and understood that there's challenges with the marketplace and we want to offer our own product. And we wanted to offer a, a phone service that allows folks, uh, for, for people that care about privacy and their community. And in order to deliver a phone service that gives people privacy and, and allows them to give back to their community, we need to actually build our own telecom network. So we're doing that now. You can go to really.com and sign up and, and buy a tower. The way it works is we're bringing the sharing economy to telecom. So much like Uber in the early days and Airbnb uh, uh, opened up and, and we think unlocked an idle asset, we believe right now that's, that's your unused internet bandwidth. And so people can buy a mini cell tower install it on your roof or balcony and start to earn for sharing your internet. We, we actually convert the signal from internet into 4G or 5G and it, it shares it and we're starting just in Austin but it shares it around the city. Um, this is important because it allows everybody to, it allows the community to really earn and you know right now it's just big wireless and um, and that's something that we, we thought, look, this is, this is exciting. We can actually give back to the community. So I want to I talk about four things that I think were critical um, and are critical if you're building any kind of company that you want to hit a billion or more. The first is make good problems. Many, many times when I was building the Zebra uh, and, and building really, um, you know, the team's mentality, even my mentality, is at a place where you're worried about if we do this, this will cause a problem. But oftentimes, you actually want those problems. If it's the website that's going to break because there's too many visitors, <clears throat> if there are certain things that you're worried about happening, whether it's someone getting upset or whatever it may be, I think people oftentimes get worried and, and stop and don't do something because they're out of fear for what may happen, but it's actually a good thing that you should want and welcome. And by making that very clear to yourself and to the team, to employees, to investors, it's very critical, it's important because you actually do want to break things, you do want to learn. And there are certain problems I'll take all day long, and if you don't have that mentality set, people will not move at the pace that they should or take the risks that they should. And I think it's very, very critical to, to get that in the culture early on. The second thing that I think is very important if you want to go from zero to a billion is to work with incumbents. This is something that I did not understand early on at all. We came out and said, oh, we're disrupting insurance. We're going to come into this space and, and tear it up, this trillion dollar space and, and change everything. And we were focused very much on the consumer. On the consumer. 
But we came in hot. And we, it was very important for us to realize that we were building a marketplace. And while we wanted to help the consumer and we were focused on the consumer, that our customers, the ones paying us, were these big billion-dollar insurance companies. And so we had to work with them. We had to find solutions that made sense for everybody. Coming in and trying to disrupt a massive space, if you want to build a big company, I think it's important to look at how things are working, understand the processes, understand the ecosystem. There is a big difference between building a very cool tech solution and building a very big business. And that took a lot of learning. And it slowed us down quite a bit. But eventually, we got to know uh, the companies. We, we understood how things worked. And we were able to work with the insurance companies and in now Telco to go and build solutions that we believe help consumers and, and, and ultimately uh, reach our goal. The third thing, and on that note, I think it's very important, and we hear a lot in tech and for startups about the pivot. You start a company, you want to move fast, you have to change, you have to be nimble, you have to understand you know, what's not working and what is. But I think what's missed here is that often people pivot on the vision and the goal versus just pivoting on the solution. And so pivot on the solution, don't pivot on the goal. You need to be relentless in your pursuit to find product market fit and what works and understand how to get there. But oftentimes I think people give up a bit too easy and pivot on the actual vision and where they're, what they're trying to build and the reason they started the company in the first place. We had many competitors that started to change and went to commercial insurance or completely changed what they were set out to. We set out from day one to build the Kayak for car insurance. And eight years from that point, we actually had the president of Kayak join the company to take it to the next level. The last thing that I would say when it comes to th you know, the, the big nuggets for me that made a difference in building a big company uh, where to get was is to get advice from people that see the world the way that you do. Um, you know, you, you, like I mentioned before, when you're starting out and if you don't have a lot of experience and you're trying to figure out what's, where, when to go left, when to go right, and if you're lucky enough to get in touch with people who have been there before and done that and built these big companies or had a lot of success, you're still going to get conflicting advice. And it's very important to take that advice. I think you want to take as much information in as you can. Um, but you need to figure out what's best for you and what's best for the business. And the way that I've, I learned to do that was to really to put a little more weight on people that see the world the way you do. Um, if No matter what the topic is, if you don't understand it, and or if you can't execute it like the person that's telling you to do that, then it doesn't really matter. And so for me, it was the people that when they explained a, a problem or they explained something, I understood it, and I could go execute it that way. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's incredibly critical. One last story, um, and then I'd like to open it up for questions and have more of an interactive session. But on working with incumbents, uh, even if you've made mistakes, already. I don't think it's anything that can't be solved. Early on at the Zebra, 
we were trying to figure out how to get insurance quotes. We were trying to figure out how to get the data. And we were scraping these websites to get, as, to get all the quotes that we needed. And one of our bigger, one of the bigger insurance companies out there <clears throat> saw that we were pinging their website quite a bit. And so they actually called the, the police on us. And <laughs> it was a crazy day in the office. We're in Pittsburgh in the basement. Our office was in the basement in this accelerator. And the Pittsburgh police uh, cyber unit showed up to the office. And they said, you guys are going to jail. <laughs> uh, and I explained that, you know, we, we looked at, we had them look at what we were actually doing. We showed them and explained to them that, hey, have you ever shopped for car insurance? It's kind of, it's not a fun process. We're trying to make that better. Um, but the cease and desist letter that the company sent us we actually used, to, we said, okay, look, we've got their attention. This is very hard to do as a small company. Flew out to San Francisco and met with this company and came back with a signed contract and they became one of our biggest customers, paying us millions of dollars a month. Um, and the same thing happened over and over again where companies would say, we'll never, we don't want this to happen. We won't support you. Um, but it's just not sacrificing the bigger vision and, and, and figuring out ways to... to to, to solve for the challenges at hand um, that eventually that eventually got us there. That is my story. That is how I've I've built these companies, and I'd love to open it up for questions and and have an interactive session on anything you guys are working through, any challenges today. Um, nothing's off limits. Hi there, thanks uh, for sharing. Um, I'd be interested in more information how you managed to deal with the insurance companies early on besides the example of the letter. When you say deal with them, do you mean how we first engaged? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're nobody. Have you, had you launched anything? Uh, you, you call them. How often do you have to call them? <laughs> What's the first meeting like? You know, and so on. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, as I mentioned, we didn't have a team that had a lot of insurance experience. Um, we didn't have it. We, we eventually got more and more of that. Um, but early on, it's really tough. We found that there were different providers, and I encourage anyone to look. And this is why I think it's important to look at the ecosystem. Um, is we found that there were different groups, whether it was licensing, so an insurance company, there's a bit of a chicken and egg problem with, with any company, I think any marketplace for sure. And so there were, there were times where we had to have X amount of business to get a contract, but we can't get the, in the business until we have the contract, so it's this, right? And, and we found there were different groups that were able to bring you on early and we, you know, you cut a deal with them and they could help. And so, um, I think it was it was a matter of just really understanding the whole ecosystem and how it works, and then being strategic on what the entry point was. Not again, not losing the vision. We knew we wanted to have direct relationships with these big guys, you know, the whole all the way. But it was all right. What are the what are the steps we need to take to get those? And in fact, we 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 saw the problem with online shopping, specific to the insurance world, um, where you couldn't have the the consumer experience was so bad. You would go online, you put in your information, you get flooded with emails and phone calls and totally spammed. And we wanted to fix that. And so the way that these insurance companies were engaging, just used to acquiring customers was through this process. And so we knew over time we wanted to have a CPA model where we could get paid for the sign up and switch, which would allow us to have a good experience, have deeper integrations with these companies. 
um, but that we couldn't start there. And so there was a big internal debate on, look, we set out to end lead gen. We do not want to do that. that is not what we want to do. But how do we engage these companies and show them that we can deliver high quality volume and, and actually add value for them too? And so we did that uh, for a little bit until they saw and, and helped them see that, look, this is the way you're doing it. Here's how this is what the future should be. And we chipped away at it. And today we do, we collect zero information up front. And I think 100% of our deals are actually this way. So um, took some time, but, but that's how we started and engaged them. So um, thanks for sharing experience. I think that's great like, experience. And uh, I, I think you mentioned like there are several big changes happened in your life, both from the, your like, uh, personal life and also the, like, uh, your business like, uh, focus area. So like, uh, I have basically two questions. The first one is like, how do you figure out that this is the right time to make the, like, the switch or make the like, uh, change? And the, whole, the second is, how do you like, uh, figure out like, uh, the correct action to make the change? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had a lot of downside. I had you know, tried a lot of different things. I wasn't happy. That was a big one. I think just you know, even if you, you kind of could make it work, that you, you want to be happy when you're waking up. You want to be excited to get out of bed. And so that was a huge one. It didn't the risk didn't scare me. I was I was on unemployment at the time, and I was collecting unemployment checks, living in a friend's basement, and so there wasn't really much farther to fall down. Um, so for me, it felt like this this is I want to give this a shot, and uh, it's something um, I want to go for. To put that into action, totally different, right? You can, you know, sit there and understand, hey, I want to, this is, this is what I want to do. I know that this is going to make me happy. But then how do I actually get that in motion is, is a whole other thing. But I think even mentally making the decision to just say, I'm putting the stake in the ground. This is what I'm going to do now um, was, was a very big part of that. And then just going and, and to, you know, just being very hungry and determined to figure it out, starting to, to go to every event that you can, meet with whoever you can. I didn't know what accelerators were, but a friend uh, at, at a previous job that I was fired from uh, tipped us off and told us, look, there's this program, these programs where if you have an idea, you can apply and they give you $25,000 and then you start to build and go. And so um, I think it's, I think, you know, making the decision is big. And once you do, just actually putting the stake in the ground, even mentally to start, and then once you start voice, you know, telling everyone around you this is what you're doing, it, it starts to become a reality very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a quick follow-up question. Like, uh, so for the like, uh, you're talking making the decisions. Like, uh, when you like uh, look back, like, uh, what do you think the most like uh, important decision that you made? Yeah, there's. I mean, I think the, when I think about decisions I made or yeah. or things that made a big difference, a lot of it comes down to the people, and so. You know, very early I realized I needed a lot of help. I needed a lot of people that were much smarter than me around me to come and drive this. And so um, made a lot of mistakes there, but um, it really came down to getting the right team in place, the right mix of people that work together. I think, you know, one one common mistake, and, and I certainly made it a bunch, was putting a lot more weight on the pedigree of somebody or what they look like on paper or their LinkedIn profile or what have you versus, you know, who somebody is and what their potential is and if they're hungry and, and how they think about things. And so um, I learned that pretty quick. And then I think got much, much better at bringing the right people 
around the table, even if it even if it wasn't as clearly defined as it should have been. The early days of any company are, are pretty chaotic, and you're trying to sort a thousand different things. And so, getting the right people that were able to that understood that and were able to to move and and, and adapt with that was was critical. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for your talk. My name is Alexi. I run a clothing company focused on mass customization. Uh, my question is, do you have any tips on finding talent that share your vision and culture? Any like redder, uh, redder green flags regarding that? And then what's the most important thing to retain that talent? Yeah, so culture. Um, very important. Um, I think when you're, it starts from the top. So if you're trying to build it, and it depends, and there's no right or wrong on what the culture should be. I think that it needs to be consistent, no matter what it is, it just needs to be consistent. And so outlining, you know, what are the, what values the company has, what's important to you, but then actually acting on those things is, is very important. It's one thing to just say, these are our values and leave, you know, throw five words up on a screen, but <clears throat> to hire and fire based on that to actually back that up each time something happens every every little incident even the small ones because they make a big difference um, uh, is how you actually get a culture that that works and that is what you what you say it is but um, yeah I think I think it is even early on and, and it's it's if you know every every company especially at the beginning I think has a pretty unique makeup of people and so we brought in the team to discuss what was important and that actually brought out you know a lot of things that we otherwise may have not figured out about differences with people or how they like to operate or communicate and we put that into the culture and that 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 those early conversations kind of you know made the culture of what today has 400 employees and is going at this you know uh, a very fast moving pace those early conversations really in, impacted that trajectory um, but I think you just need to have those conversations lay out there and actually follow up on, on what you say you're going to do. Hey, my name's Essay. I'm a co-founder of a location preview app. And my question is more around funding. In terms of your journey, was it from the beginning you already had revenue or was it something that you got external funding and how was that journey? Yeah, so uh, I didn't know anything about funding, how to put together a deal, what venture capital uh, was. In fact... When I applied to the accelerator program, the first interview was about, uh, you know, hey, Adam, you're building a website. How, what language are you writing in? I told them English. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I mean, I had no clue what was out there. And so that's a whole nother story about how I went and found engineers and got that. But when it comes to funding, and that was the first probably 25000 in the accelerator. And then I believe the Zebra has raised uh, $246 million to date. And uh, really.com has raised an $18 million seed round, which will actually go down, I believe, according to Crunchbase, as the largest telecom seed round in the history of the U.S. I don't think I'm good at funding. We've done this, but I don't think I'm good at it. And even early on at the Zebra, um, we didn't have any revenue. We didn't have any product. Um, but I think that's what is important to communicate for the investor that is potentially writing a check is here's the plan. But here are the steps that 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 means that means we're on the right track. So even if there's no product yet, even if there's no revenue yet, you're able to articulate and explain. We think this company is going to be this big or this important, and these are all the steps along the way that we need to hit. You know, and so if you give me two million bucks today, we're going to prove this. We're going to prove that 
you know, for insurance, it was that we can actually get the data, that we can actually have a site that people want to use, and that this kind of sort of works, right? That we and, and those were the big things. And then it was like, hey, look, we've got this site. We've got this data. No one else has it. People are using it. Now we want to go figure out how to really make this into a product that works, scale it, generate some revenue. And so I think it's just being very clear on why you're so excited about what you're spending your life on, what you're waking up thinking about, what you're thinking about in the shower, what you're thinking about when you go to sleep. This is important to you. And so you need to to make that excitement contagious to the investor. But they need to understand that you have a plan and that if you're hitting these different proof points and you get to define what those are, but if you're hitting these proof points, that means that you're on the way to the master plan and you're you're getting there successfully. And so that that's how I think if you don't have product, if you don't have revenue, and you want to go raise around, um, you're able to you're able to do that with that. I still think it's important to make get as far along as you can, you know, because every time you have a conversation with an investor, if you're able to show that you're making progress and show that you're already doing this. Um, that's, that's really, really important. Folks need to feel like this is going to happen with or without me. So I, I, I better invest. Yeah. Sorry. My follow up question on, on the back of that is at any point when you were raising not different fund levels, did you ever feel that you had to kind of either change or pivot based upon the feedback from investors or based upon what they wanted to see for them to invest into you? And how did you kind of navigate that if that was different from your original vision? Yeah. So the, the question is if, if, if I'm hearing you right, is if you have investors that are wanting you to do different things in your business or or change along the way, how do you how do you manage those expectations? And um, you know, I, it, it can be challenging. I think that's why it's very important to have a lot of those conversations up front with investors, where um, you're able to um, to understand what they want to see and how they operate. Um, you know. If it's your first time, I think it's great to have investors that are very hands-on that are helping and you want that feedback. That said, at the end of the day, I think it's important to make clear that this is your company, that you're going to know what's best if, if you know, that you're going to make those calls. But it's but you want that feedback. And so having a good relationship with investors and taking into account all that they say, they, they have a very nice perspective because they have a view of a ton of different portfolio companies. And even if you believe this is correct, you know, they may have a perspective where they've seen this movie before and, you know, they're, you, they see something you can't. So um, the, the better you the, the better relationship you have with the investor and, and open communication is critical because you need to be able to decide in, in, in very, you know, clutch situations. Maybe they're right. They, they've seen a lot of this or now I know for my business that it's it's this and and then be able to, to explain that to them. So. First of all, thanks for being open and just sharing. Appreciate it. Uh, zero to billion, that's a pretty large gamut, and I, I feel like you're getting a lot of questions about the start. That's kind of where my questions are coming to. But I think I'm going to look at both what happened with Zebra and then what's what, what's happening now. Um, who were those first couple of people that you brought on board? How do you, how do you compensate them? I don't know if you had a co-founder that went into the accelerator with you. Uh, or if you pick, you know, those those first people up after going through the accelerator, you don't have a lot of funds. The first check is pretty small. You got to find a way to compensate them and get on board. And then contrast that to what's going on with really right now. You've got the pedigree. You've got, you know, a lot of people that would say, "Hey, love to come work with you." I'm sure it's a different kind of approach. But who are those, you know, first key people that you bring into the equation? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it was, uh, <laughs> as I shared the story of, of not understanding what computer programming languages were, I was very much alone at the start there, but I used every, every um, piece of validation I used to whether it was I, I always was was proud of and talked about and it was validation for me as well and so getting into the accelerator program which was very difficult there were tons and tons of applications I made sure that was very clear to folks that this was a huge opportunity um, and I think that you know when you when you bring on people early there is a mix of part-time folks or folks that aren't in a position to take the risk that can help versus people that are ready to go all in. And you want to you wanna bring in a mix of that. Um, but, you know, early on, it, it's important that people are, are compensated in a way where, where they're as excited as you are to go and, and go after something. And so even regardless of the stage, you know, if it's day one or, you know, a year in or three years in um, and you are looking at bringing in folks, I think there's you know, what startups have is they don't often have a lot of cash, but they do have equity. And so um, I do believe it's and, and there's, you know, there's there's protections in place um, for that. But I think I think you want to find people that are in a position to to take some risk and go all in. If you're relying on a lot of and you need to help with agencies and all the different parts of the. But if you're relying on that for some of your core competencies, I think you'll have a different outcome versus bringing folks in that are invested in the success and that's you know that goes for investors and and and, and employees and folks too you want to have uh, folks at, at all levels it's i don't think it's you know it, it may look different at the beginning and then later stage but you want people that are going to uh, be focused on what's best for the company and ultimately all shareholders which is themselves um, versus just getting a check and saying hey good luck i think we got time for maybe two more questions yeah Hey, uh, well, thank you for sharing your experience. It was, was great. Uh, well, I had the opportunity to found a business as well and six years ago, and I had an exit uh, to a larger prop tech. Uh, and now I'm exactly actually traveling abroad, getting inspiration, things like this. And I'm very confident in terms of execution, but my main challenge is which area I'm going. So I have so many opportunities, and you are doing kind of the same for what I understood now. So you found a second business. So how was this process to understanding which sector you would be involved in and if you have any suggestions since I'm just trying to figure it out what it's going to be. Yeah. So that would be very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations. That that's amazing. Um, what, you know, insurance, um, I felt like I had some background, so I didn't get a lot of thought into, you know, why insurance, but, um, what I learned from that experience was the thing that got me very excited was building a product that touched millions of people that was in a massive space that was very important to the economy and, and the way that everyone lives their life. You can't, you know, insurance props up quite a bit in the world. And, and especially when it comes to driving a car for consumers, you, you're required to have it. We always said it was bought, not sold. And um, for the next one, when I was looking at what was really interesting to me, I got incredibly excited about telecommunications. It felt like a space where, there wasn't a lot of love for providers. Uh, I, I don't know how many people are, are thrilled and, and fired up about their, their provider and proud that they uh, that, that they are with them. Um, and it was a very personal. It's a very personal category. Everybody has a phone in their hand. You're using it every single day. Um, and that while it's evolving in a a cool way, um, there's still a lot of folks that don't have access. 
and that aren't able to connect in the right way. And we felt like we could go and, and change that. And so to me, I thought that is something I want to spend time on. I want to be an expert in. I want to wake up every day and, <clears throat> and learn more about. Um, and so at least for me, the way I thought about it was what what is interesting if, if I could snap my fingers and be an expert in something tomorrow, what would that space be? And I got very, very excited about um, privacy for people, helping everyone in a, in a community. If you're if you're on your phone, there's no reason that shouldn't be going to everyone around you when it comes to uh, paying your bill. And um, so that's what I thought about it and decided this was this was the right next thing. Thank you. Hey, thank you for your time. Um, I guess last question here. What is it like to be working with new and emerging technologies or in a new uh, sector, new industry with competitors? And what's it like to work alongside them while also understanding that, you know, they're competitors? Yeah, uh, great question. And, and, and thought a lot about this early on at Zebra Days as, as well as today with really, I think for a startup um, early on, when you are going into a massive category, if you're trying to build a big billion dollar company and you have competitors that are in the periphery or, or, or the same, um, that the way I looked at it was it was a great thing. It was a good thing. There was a day where, where Google announced they were building an insurance comparison platform. And everyone said, oh, my God, this is, this is a great thing. Going to all these big companies and trying to get them to invest in, you know, building out an API or changing their business model, it's much harder to do by yourself as a tiny startup. So if you have three or four or five companies doing that, you guys can cut each other's throats later on. But at the beginning, it's very important to, to almost have some co-opetition, I think, and work together um, to push forward what you know is best for everybody um, and, and, and go through the wall together, I think. You're in a much better position if you're able to embrace that and do that together. Um, and then, you know, hopefully you guys are, hopefully you guys are, that's a good problem. Hopefully you guys are at a place later on where you can go, go fight it out. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming.